This is the Washington Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Washington just held its August primary. It's just going to set the stage for the general election in November for city and county council races and for the all-important school board races. And here to talk about the results of Tuesday's primary is our friend Carrie Barnes. She is chair of the King County Democrats, and we are so happy to welcome her back to the show. Hey, Carrie, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here today. Well, it's it's really great to have you back. You know, I just mentioned for listeners, you know, uh, when we first spoke in March, you had just been elected uh, chair of King County Democrats. And you know, we'll talk about the election in a second. But just generally, how are things going for you? Things are going great. It, it is. I like to when I'm out talking to voters and talking to candidates to remind uh, people that we are coming out of a pandemic that completely scrambled our society and that we need leaders who can bring new ideas and adapt to old ones. There's, you know, um, voters. One of the things I hear a lot is about the income inequality, housing and affordability, which are policy choices. They're not decreased from higher power. And I say this to, to wrap up almost Every conversation is that we are uniquely empowered to select our leaders with our sacred vote. So use it and help others use their voice. And keeping to those real three key points as a county chairs, we're engaging with our voters, engaging with folks who are looking to run for office or those who are running for office. It's it's really defining what it means to be a Democrat. And so it's been a lot of fun. I love all that. Everything that you're saying is 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 superb. Specifically, the you know what what you're saying about uh, empowering people with their sacred vote. I think now more than ever, people really need to hear that right now. So you know, I want to talk about uh, Tuesday's primary, and specifically, let's talk about turnout. So you know, primary elections generally struggle to get people to vote, especially in odd years. King County was no exception this year with with a low primary turnout. How do you think about the dynamics of an election where you know that the turnout is generally going to be low? That is a really good question. We, the Metropolitan King County had around a 30% turnout for the primary so far. And in looking at studies for all primaries is around 27%, meaning we beat the U.S. average in an off year. And with only 30% of votes cast on election day and more half of the ballots being mailed in, we're really proud to use mail-in ballots to increase the accessibility of our elections. But when looking at low turnout elections, we like to focus on get out the vote efforts rather than persuasion campaigns, particularly in the primaries. I look at it at the county level that we're really confident in the strength of our endorsed candidates and want to focus on encouraging people to read up on the races and actually fill out and turn in their ballots. One of the ways we get more young people to vote is working closely with the King County Young Democrats to help them implement their strategies, which are more focused on the issues that young voters want to hear about and the barriers they face to voting. In addition, we should be looking at moving all our races to even year elections following the lead of the county, which just decided to switch last November. 
I love what you're saying uh, about getting uh, out more young voters. I mean, we know that older people tend to vote more. I believe 51 percent of voters 65 and older voted in this primary versus 14 percent of those 25 to 34. So really crucial, especially because older voters tend to skew much more conservative. You know, the last time you were on the show, we talked about your history with the Contest Every Race program, uh, which that was where you helped candidates to run for office, even very tough districts as King County Democrat chair. Now, how are you feeling about, you know, candidate recruitment, placement and all that in this election cycle? In this election cycle, I would say we did OK. We we implemented our contest every rates, reaching out to our strong Democrats and folks that had previously said they want to run for office. I think we we have um, several candidates who are running um, in races I'm not sure one of them will will get through the primary, but what they've communicated is they're going to stay with it. It is engaging folks to see themselves running for office, to see themselves representing their community, their most important issues, helping them to see themselves in places of leadership that really make a difference for human beings, for people who are constituents and lives that may never know who they are. And so I feel really good about it. I feel um, it, it is a success in reaching out to communities to let them know that they can see themselves in government. You're saying that it seems like what I'm hearing is that this is really a process of building. Uh, it's an evolution. It's going to happen over time, right? Over time in every year. This is where we get engaged, enthusiastic folks to continue the education, continue talking to their community and family, continue to build what it takes to run for a, a King County Council position, a, a city of Seattle position, maybe starting at a parks commissioner or land planning commission job within their city of being of value as well. I want to talk about some of those big marquee races that you mentioned, the county council and the, and the Seattle City Council. But first, you know, I want to touch on the endorsement process. So this was your first endorsement as chair. Um, I just want to say that the KC Dems did a phenomenal job uh, on this. And uh, Kat Pipkin, our producer of the show, I know had a big hand in this. You posted 126 endorsements on your website, kcdems.org. I'll just ask you, in terms of shared values, what were some of the, the things specifically that you were looking to hear from candidates? One of the things is that do they carry the value of what it means to be a Democrat? And that means actually solving problems, supporting solutions that really work, working, having the ability to see that working on these provable outcomes is a ways that other areas or states or cities have leveraged, that they will look at leading a shared value of taking compassionate and approach. Change is hard leading, you know, do they have the ability to uh, really see that leading with data-driven solutions and to do the work to solve problems that we all agree to. Um, and again, local elections are historically low turnout. Candidates that we endorse will do the work, that they have strong support, they have strong values, and they really want to represent their community appropriately with leadership, if elected. 
So represent their community uh, with compassion, leading with data-driven solutions, solving problems, uh, and, and really a phenomenal slate of candidates, I have to say. Uh, let's do jump in and talk about the primary. We'll start with the race for Seattle City Council because uh, it garnered the most attention, largely because seven of nine city council seats are up for grabs this year, meaning that this election is going to have a huge impact on the direction of the city probably for years to come. You made several endorsements here, uh, both for newcomers and incumbents, and it looks like most of your endorsed candidates are going to advance to the general. What are some key takeaways for you from, from these races? You know, I, I think that, and I mean, I also tie an endorsement as far as our city. You know, we learned that the stranger and the Seattle Times endorsement also carry a lot of weight with primary voters and that the incumbent candidates are still able to perform very strongly in large contested primaries. You know, the progressive bounce that has been on full display as results have rolled in, and we expect to see that in the general as well with our candidates. There was a very strong crowded field of candidates running in District 3, the city council race. And I think that our voters wanted to see how the primary played itself out before choosing who they thought would be best to occupy that seat. I'll just mention very quickly, uh, just sorry to interrupt you. Position three is the seat that is being vacated by outgoing council member Shama Swant, just for context. Correct. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. I, um, yes, that is replacing outgoing council member uh, Swant for that that particular position. And I'm really, I'm happy with our um, District 1, who is our West Seattle. Um, we endorsed Marin Costa in our um, Tammy Morales. Looks like she's over 52% uh, now in District 2, which is uh, my personal where I live um, in South Seattle. And there's also District 4 with outgoing Alex Peterson and Ron Davis is really leading in that race as well. I think uh, we're really happy with both the incumbents and the um, endorsed candidates who are running in that race as well, those races as well. You also made endorsements uh, for numerous other city uh, council races across the county. I just wonder, are there any uh, particular races that were noteworthy for you? Yes, there's one result I, I think should be highlighted, and it is in Redmond. It's Osman Salahuddin in Redmond. And Osman is a great example of someone who is young and committed to public service that truly improves the lives in his community. And the voters rewarded him for that, delivering a stunning supermajority to a first-time candidate who will bring fresh perspective to the Redmond City Council if elected in November, we've also been watching the returns in Burien very closely, and we'll need volunteers to help keep Cindy Moore in office and add our two endorsed candidates, Patricia Hudson and Crystal Marks, to the city council. Yeah, Burian and, and Redmond, and I will mention for listeners, uh, Osman uh, Salhuddin is just terrific. And just full disclosure, we did some media training with him. Uh, he is a tremendous candidate, and I'm glad that the voters in Redmond uh, agreed. Um, I, I'll just ask you, do you think there are any races uh, across the county that are going to need uh, volunteer help for the general? Absolutely. I will definitely say that we, we need volunteers, again, in Burian also in Renton. Um, and if I could put a plug in for folks that want to volunteer, we there's Bothell, Woodenville. There are certain races that we really could use volunteers. And if we could um, make sure that listeners here who want to volunteer 
for these candidates to email info at kcdems.org and we will plug you in where we're needed. And I maybe we can talk about what we're doing for the general as well um, when we get there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll just say that we'll have all that information for folks in the show notes. Um, there were also some notable races for King County Council in this primary. Uh, Claudia Balducci and Germay Zahalai are running unopposed, but you endorsed Assistant Attorney General Sarah Reineveld in District 4 and Teresa Mosqueda in District 8. Both appear to be advancing to the general, although I will say that it looks like Reineveld is going to have a little bit of an uphill climb against Northwest Immigrant Rights Project Director Jorge Barone. Um, thoughts on these races? We're very happy to see Teresa Mesquita have such a commanding lead in the primary. And like you said, we are glad to see Sarah Reinevelt make it through to the general. She will have a bit of an uphill battle based on primary results, but we just couldn't ask for a better slate of candidates in the general than Jorge and Sarah. Absolutely. And I also want to touch uh, on the school board races. As I mentioned in the intro, we know how important this is, especially with groups like Moms for Liberty uh, trying to exert influence here. Any specific school board races that you were watching closely? Yes, we were watching Han Tran's race in the North Shore School District. She has shown a commitment to increasing DEI, bridging opportunity gaps, focusing on student safety while minimizing the number of armed officers to create a welcoming school environment. Voters loved her vision for their school district and gave her a comfortable majority in the primary And we're very happy about that. Stephanie Tidholm emerged the vote leader from a crowded field, a crowded primary field in the Highland School District, and will need all the help she can get to win her majority in November. Well, I imagine that there's going to be information on how you can help with these races as well at kcdems.org. Uh, and, uh, you know, just as far as that goes, I would just say, you know, people are looking to get involved as we get closer to November. We know that. So you, you touched on this earlier. Talk about some of the ways that people can help with the general election with uh, King County Democrats, either as individuals or even as groups. Yeah. So um, all to say is we're watching the election results roll in. We're preparing our field plan for November. And this will see us highlight races in every part of the county. Just to let your listeners know, we will have events on September 30th, October 3rd, and then every Saturday and Sunday for three weeks leading up to Election Day. And we encourage individuals and groups to come out and join us for these events to help make sure people turn out and vote in these crucial local elections. Additionally, you can go to our website at uh, www.kcdems.org and look at our endorsements and look to our list of endorsed candidates. We encourage you to consider donating to their campaign with your time and money if you can. If you're in Seattle, we strongly encourage you to use your democracy vouchers to help out our endorsed Seattle city council races. And finally, donations to King County Dems are always appreciated so we can continue to do the work highlighting these incredible candidates to help us win in November. Absolutely right on all of that. Um, I I will have, again, all the information for folks to check out uh, in the show notes. Um, Carrie Barnes, just thank you so much for all the incredible work that you do. Uh, You're awesome. We so appreciate you. Thank you so much. So great to be here. Thank you. 
And that'll do it for this week. The executive producer of the show is Kat Pipkin. If you would like to see a video version of this podcast, head to facebook.com slash indivisible podcast. The email address for the show is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Lori Kowal. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. I'm Stephen Cox, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.